0: Coming up on Unlocked, episode 388. It's IGN's weekly Xbox podcast. Borderlands 3, finally, for the love of God, has been announced. We'll talk about it and what they showed and what is left to be revealed. Plus, another Borderlands game that's uh, maybe a little unexpected. We'll see about that. A totally new game called Darkborn. That should be interesting. We've got plenty to discuss there. Ubisoft confirming they will be at E3 and more. I What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you for, let's see, April 2nd, 2019, Podcast Unlocked. That's right. We can go back to calling it Podcast Unlock now because wow. it actually just the podcast. A real again.
1: podcast.
0: Miranda Sanchez. Good morning.
1: Hello. Good morning.
0: You're still rocking. Studio or not, you got your Gears of War mug.
1: Yes. I will always bring it with me. It is my <laughs> favorite mug. It's an excellent mug in its shape and its weight. It's a good of mug. It's designed super well. So
0: yes. You know. It's designed for uh for a gear to hold with a big,
2: you know, glove and gauntlet. Yeah, and... My
1: hand's not that big, but <laughs> I hold it with two hands, so it's okay.
2: <laughs> Destin Legary, good morning, my friend. Bam, that coffee smells good, Miranda. <laughs> and I get my morning cup. I usually do an iced coffee in the morning. Then when I get to the office, I have a warm cup of joe. Look at you! You got and, a whole. Uh, I, I love my coffee. I love my coffee. Meep. It's a uh, wake up in the morning, go to the gym, come to the office, fail at capturing Mortal Kombat fatalities <laughs> for about an hour, get super aggro on anybody who talks to me. <laughs> Duggan knows who's oh, yes. James Duggan. <laughs> hi. Hello
3: welcome Hi. i don't seem to be as awake as everybody else and i think it's because i recently switched off of coffee to just <laughs> tea Aww.
0: so but that.
3: that's okay I'm, I'm here at heart
0: i that's i've good. never drank coffee just never been a thing <gasps> what's
2: what's your morning ritual uh
0: i i wake up i walk the dog uh shower and then pack up my lunch and breakfast and come eat and i eat breakfast here do yeah, some
3: okay. winnie the pooh squats
2: in the mirror I do those. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm a push-up guy. It doesn't show, but <laughs> yeah, you, you guys, you guys do exercise in the morning, like at your house. No, I usually end up doing it after work. Yeah, oh, okay. Mostly.
1: I work out at lunch.
2: I mean, Ooh. I do. Yeah. I literally, li- I live
0: on a hill, so the morning dog walk, like we, we, no, that's a good one. We do go up and down the hill mm-hmm. on purpose to just mm-hmm. get a little, something a little, get the legs working a little bit. Yeah. But you know. We're trying. It's all just surviving at this point. It's not even, like, it's not even trying to look good, or well, I know for Duggan, it is. He so, looks good.
3: So at some point, a personal trainer becomes a survival trainer. <laughs> it's just about maintaining the slow deterioration until the infinite abyss. Pretty much. Right. I mean, you know, that's a kind of a. I mean, it's, it's important. I, I, I also I also feel like I also feel like anytime you exercise, it enhances the rest of your life. That's true. It, it makes you feel good. That is true. The rush of endorphins and you yeah. feel like you've accomplished
2: something that wasn't I, just given to you. I turn uh, 37 on Friday, so I am one step closer to that abyss. Happy birthday! <laughs> yeah. Well, happy Thank early you, birthday. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Thank hey, you. are you're trailing behind me, but not by too far. I'm old.
1: I forgot we're both April people. Yeah. Mine's on the yeah. 15th.
0: Text. Aries. <laughs> <I> like, <yeah. laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, I wanted to start actually. Uh, one reason James Duggan is here besides Mm. the fact that he's handsome and we like hearing from him but yeah we uh, we haven't had a a chance really to that's true (laughs) we have not had a chance to really dig into the Division 2 especially in light of uh, there's a lot of things there's a lot of there's big picture stuff and there's micro picture stuff James Duggan you reviewed the game you've spent a ton of time with it you've effectively done everything there is to do at this stage yes and uh, for now for now for now But number one i wanted to just talk about this because it's this is a video game that uh has largely avoided the the launch problems of of its genre
3: yeah compadres yeah i think actually that's that's kind of the thesis of my review uh in some ways i feel like it did a phenomenal job and i feel like that's an achievement that is not to be taken lightly um it launched the servers were stable and the content was there and uh I really when I when I come into shared world shooters or I come in MMOs there are far fewer of the latter these days but I look for a couple of key things and the first one is an incentive to play with other people. I really want to feel like there's a reason that I need to be online. Um and, and not just there are some cheaty ways to do it like Diablo 3 getting a, a loot drop bonus anytime that you queue up with somebody else yeah. which to me doesn't really hit as much as something like a World of Warcraft dungeon where I need a tank, a healer and three DPS to be able to complete this thing. Uh, And the division two does a good job of that, but it also does a good job of introducing new mechanics to you. um, And really kind of identifying all the problems with the first game and fixing and then improving upon those. So getting them to a baseline and then moving past it. One example is the world. Um, New York city was beautiful. Washington DC is beautiful, but I can really kind of take a trip through Washington DC in my mind because I was so engaged with that world uh, moving through the game. They populate it with chests. They're everywhere. There's always a reason to explore. Uh, there are Easter eggs and things of that nature, For but for the, the folks who just care about loot, there's a ton of that everywhere. Mm. They're so incredibly generous with their loot distribution. <clears throat> they do a good job of introducing uh, new enemies and new factions to you as you progress through the game. That kind of stagnates a bit at some point, but you get to... Uh the end game or the story and you find out that there's a lot more for you to do. There's not an infinite end game in the sense that they have a really good replayable loop in there. One of my criticisms of the game was the daily and weekly quests which Destiny does a good job of being like, hey, this is the only way you can progress from here on out for a little while.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> which I don't know how I feel about. Wait, which long term has gotten actually a
3: little <clears throat> bit boring. Yeah. But at least it's something. There, uh, yeah. there, is, there is a brick wall in the Division eventually and it's kind of after what they call the end game. But uh, it was a little bit. I was, was just a little bit sour when I got done with that. Going into the Dark Zone is not very well incentivized. That was kind of the mm. biggest disappointment of the game. Um, but. Coming out of that, I, I looked at how much I played, and I had 60 really good hours yeah. of time spent in the division. That I had a lot of fun playing with friends. The, the AI did a wonderful job of really making you work as a team to make sure they don't flank you, and there are certain archetypes that need to die pretty immediately and things of that nature. Boss encounters are a little bit underwhelming, but for the most part... It is far and away the best launch date M- uh, MMO. <laughs> I mean, maybe sure. NMLF, the best, I feel yeah. closer yeah. <laughs> to it. The, the best even. launch state shared world shooter and maybe MMO. It's it's yeah. content complete. It's there. It's a finished product, uh, and you can play it. And there's a lot of fun things to do right now. And we have Title Basin coming up uh, later this week, Friday. Yeah.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. So for for unlock listeners out there who have maybe either been burned by <clears throat> playing. Anthem? Destiny or Anthem at launch, <laughs> mm. um, this, this, is, this is the one that avoids a lot of those mistakes, it sounds like.
3: Sure. To me, it's less of avoiding mistakes and really building upon what has been the genre's weakest, uh, the biggest failing. Mm. Um, the the thing about The Division 2 is there is an aha moment with Anthem's combat. There's an aha moment with Destiny's combat uh, where it just feels really good. There's this visceral, this feels really good in the moment. The Division 2 doesn't really have that. The combat uh, is a little bit more strategic and is a slower burn, but it does get there in terms of the loot, in terms of the interesting modifiers that the equipment have. You eventually get to a place where you really care about what gun you have, uh, what talents and attributes it has. Um, There are a, a ton of Easter eggs. The world is really well built. So in spite of the combat not being remarkably gratifying it's certainly better than the division one it's still kind of basic cover based shooter at some point but uh it gets there with all of the loot and all of the various uh variants that they mix in along the way so
0: tell me if i'm interpreting you correctly because i I haven't played the division two beyond a one hour session at e3 last year would it be fair to say that the highs maybe aren't quite as high as as anthem or or the best of of destiny, but the lows are clearly not as low. Is it just a, I, I do. Is it a steadier, fair. just smoother, you know, rock solid it's kind a steadier of situation? Eighty-five
2: percent. Yeah, good, good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Do, yeah. You,
1: do you think that's maybe because the setting of the division isn't something kind of fantastical? It gets very grounded, familiar. Like you're not going to be surprised by a big monster around the corner. Like it's just more bad guys, and you've fought not necessarily those bad guys before, but in very similar settings. Like there's not something. Yeah. Surprising. I think that's actually what's turned me off from it. It's like, do I really just want to go trance around ruin in DC and just shoot some guys for a long time? Like, when <laughs> you're, when you're you improving
2: these? it, huh? You're improving There's, Miranda's point. <laughs> yeah, Miranda I know point, what you're saying. Sorry, yeah.
3: incredibly yeah. valid. Uh, and it's and yes, and uh, you can even see, I feel like you can kind of sometimes when you play games, you can see past a little uh, opaque pane of glass into the development studio right. a couple of times there's this easter egg somewhere where there're just a bunch of ducks like in like an unholy communion <laughs> around a circle sacrificing another duck and somebody wrote on the wall <clears throat> productivity with duck oh. in there so clearly some developer was <laughs> oh, maybe maybe later than they should be there but uh, <laughs> but also i feel like that there's there's a totally uh, evident debate internally with that idea Mm-hmm. you know should all the enemies be humans should all the enemies be grounded in reality and i do think that it it contrasts incredibly poorly against the idea of a stat driven uh, looter shooter where mm-hmm. you want to be excited about the gear that you pick up you don't want your you don't want your 40th ak47 to be the same as your first mm-hmm. uh and it does a better job in the first game but you're right it it it, there are a couple of times where it throws a surprise or two at you, but they are few and far between and, and sometimes very unceremonious. And you're like, why wasn't this a good—why didn't they save this for a boss fight? Mm. Or why didn't they just go off the rails? Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid. like <laughs> they, It feels like they need to make a decision one way or another, and they're really stuck in this middle ground of, of creatively not— Choosing to break the veil of reality, in spite of the fact that nanites are healing you, <laughs> yeah. and they're right. they're robots running all over the place. And yeah, and
1: like I'm that. not trying to say that like human enemies aren't interesting. Like, I think there are definitely ways to do it. Just it's the repetition. Question. Like, yeah, how do they keep that? Lively in this sort of setting because I think there's only so much you can do with humans in like a a looter shooter. Like we're we're encountering these enemies constantly, and how do you keep that engaging over time? Uh,
3: Another huge criticism is that every boss in the game, they're called named enemies, and they just have a a neon yellow health bar. Is just a steroided up version of another archetype. Oh no, it's Jeff. (laughs) Yeah,
2: look (laughs) out, it's Zach.
3: Yes, (laughs) those are
2: literal boss names.
3: Exactly. Yeah. 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 and, And yeah, that's that's a big part of it. There are a couple enemies that you don't expect. Like, there's a big guy with uh, covered in Kevlar with a chainsaw. There's okay. a, Mark. a suicide bomber, Mark.
4: <laughs> that crazy dude. There's Joe,
3: who's got a big sledgehammer, who's trying to bash your brains in. So, like, there, okay. there are a couple of folks who that, but <sighs> the problem is they are very finite. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would have liked that, would have been fine if they had had some really, really, really uh, spectacular boss encounters. Somebody on Twitter reached out to me and said, You say all this stuff, but can you even think of any? And I'm like, Okay. Let me let me let me think for a sure. second. Uh maybe a boss that summons a bunch of uh drones that slowly work their way to him and if they get to them they they heal him fully. So oh. your team has to kill the drones along the way. Uh there could be uh there could be kind of a, an elite team you go against that's got a sniper in the back with a laser and you need to the laser's trained on your forehead so you need to line it up with an enemy in the middle of it. I think there's some some kind of classic game design fun um bespoke boss mechanics they could have worked into this thing to make it a little bit less repetitious in that sense and i think that's a very valid point Moretta, but, but so.
0: nevertheless yep. it's it's rock solid start totally to f- start start, act- start to finish
3: yes. from what you're saying 100%
0: yeah and that's great to hear that uh yeah if you've been maybe either burned by the other looter shooters or or you've sat on the sidelines cuz you see how tough that they, they've had it in the launch window that this is the one to, to hop, find your friends and hop in there it sounds like totally
2: I've yeah. been yeah. Uh, being power leveled by our buddy Illegal Knot our compadre who's in the IGN clan with us and uh, I played a whole bunch this last week to get to level 28, I want to be ready for a world tier five on Friday. I'm going to be playing a bunch more tonight. Um, it's not fun to be power level because he's world <laughs> tier four, like geared out. and You can't <laughs> kill yeah. anything. And I literally get like two kills and I turn around oh, no. and everything else is dead. And I'm like, oh, so this is what that feels like. <laughs> I love that though.
3: You know, the yeah. fact that you can do that, the fact that it scales and you can jump in with well, any of your friends. He wants to, to get me ready so I can play with you That's guys, wonderful. You know? And there's, there's text yeah, nice. chat which is something that Anthem has launched without, right? that Destiny 2 has launched without. That blows my mind, because uh, that's a fundamental part communication of, of an MMO, of a shared world shooter. There's really good clan functionality. You can tell the folks at Ubisoft and the folks at Massive especially are MMO fans and have put in their due diligence with the genre. It really shows. So, yeah, worth checking out if this is your kind of thing. That's great. Love hearing that.
0: Uh, before we move on to the news, I just want to give a quick teaser for uh, – so Unlocked for April will be – or Unfiltered for April will be dropping next week. And I will only say it was a, it was a really good episode. Uh, it is the most powerful guest, the most powerful industry figure that I've ever had in here. So wow. let's talk more about that next week. But How,
2: how much can he bench? Jeez.
0: <laughs> you got Arnold in here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not that definition of power. Yeah. And, although maybe. Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe, all right. not, maybe under the under – the, 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 the facade. Yeah, you never know. There could be it could be like a Vaughn from Borderlands kind of thing. <laughs> Who knows? But all right, uh, plenty to. Speaking of Borderlands, we'll talk about that right after this. Wait for that achievement sound to pop before we start <laughs> talking. There we go. Uh, Borderlands Three finally announced after. So long. <laughs> Ooh, it was a so long interesting announcement as well. Yeah, Miranda, what uh, what do you mean by that? For so, people that may not have been uh-oh. watching the the uh, midday live stream from <laughs> PAX East. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Maybe find a highlight
4: reel. <laughs> Should they? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Because it's like sometimes...
0: Wait, I have a magic trick for you. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, highlight reel or at least skip through it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of magic ahead of time for very selfish reasons, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> Not really relevant to Borderlands.
0: Yes, you're you're referring, of course, to uh, Gearbox's magician magician by night, game developer by day, Randy Pitchford, who uh, gave the keynote address, Mm -hmm. the opening address for PAX East, and uh, yeah, eventually got around to a Borderlands 3 announcement.
1: Yeah, so I actually didn't didn't have it on until I just heard people groaning. I was like, what is happening? And they're like... (laughs) Miranda, this this Borderlands, this gearbox panel is just it's just going off the rails. It's like, all right, I gotta see this trash fire. <laughs> um so they did their magic trip. Uh, Miranda got done and they tried to start showing their videos for Borderlands announcements and they couldn't get their videos working, which is like Oh, you I feel mean, bad like, we at just go back. Like the magic yeah. thing is like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> but then the second part is just like, oh no, like the team's obviously there and they're really yeah. excited to show their stuff mm. and it's not not going super hot. Um and then eventually they kind of get it going. Like yeah. they, they string along until they get there.
2: All the video producers in the office are like, "Why are you playing back 4K files in Windows Movie Maker? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like on your production machine? What are you doing? No."
4: Yeah, so and, it's just like yeah. maybe
1: maybe a little less time on the magic, more time on the rehearsing the videos, just in case.
2: Maybe a little less
3: time on Randy Pitchford.
1: Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I maybe,
3: I, I, yes. I don't understand why. I, I can't imagine it's anything but frustrating for the people laboring and toiling at that company to see somebody who's embroiled in controversy.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that that is fair. I mean, wh- whether magic. you whether mm. you it's completely tone deaf. Yeah, whether you, regardless of what you think or about the situation, the sure. I, I don't know if it's even allegations are quite the right word. Yeah, has he actually been accused of anything? I'm not sure per se, but yeah, I guess for yeah, you're but you're totally right. Like you're, it's. Maybe bring up the like lead designer, the one, the, the, a, a few of them, maybe the, the creative lead and art yeah. director. Uh, bring up a, a few people and, uh, let the, the actual development team unveil this thing after how many. I mean, I, I liken the Borderlands 3 announcement to the boy who cried wolf because they, <laughs> Randy has, it. it's been like, oh yeah, Borderlands 3. And then it's, you, you, every, every time it's mentioned, you think, Oh, here we go, we're finally gonna get it really <laughs> confirmed, officially announced, and then, oh yeah, no, it's future projects, whatever, and this finally now mm-hmm. it's real, but it's like, okay, well, there's the wolf finally entered the room mm-hmm. <laughs> finally but and not not after a lot of hand ringing and and magic
1: magic <laughs> magic
0: and card tricks,
1: yeah, um. But yeah, so they finally got their trailer going. Borderlands 3 is, of course, shown. Um, as we have noted, lots of characters from the previous games. Yeah. So I'm actually not a big Borderlands fan. Like, whenever it was kind of at the height of its popularity, me and my friends were still playing, like, Call of Duty and Halo. Yeah. So we we're just <laughs> like, oh, Borderlands is a thing. And then never got around to it. Um,
2: I worked on the wiki for two. Oh. Yeah. Very nice. I did all the achievements and stuff. Big Borderlands 2 fan. Yeah, so my t- thing. T- t- go ahead.
1: Sorry. I really did like Telltale's Borderlands, Tales from Borderlands. Like that was, that was Very excellent. funny. That's kind of like why I want to get into Borderlands 3. <laughs> so I am like hoping that it's like a decent enough entry point. Mm-hmm. Like I guess that's what I always hope for whenever a game's taking a very long break and it's like on new systems and yeah. like, it's really exciting.
0: I'm so, actually exactly like you where I, so I, I played Borderlands 1 and it, on paper, should have been a game that was right up my alley. I love first-person shooters. I love Diablo. This was basically <laughs> a cross between those. But I, I got to like, I don't know, maybe ten or ten hours in or so, and it just wasn't hooking me for whatever reason. I didn't, I'm not Borderlands one, right? Borderlands one, mm-hmm. and I'm not blaming the game. I'm just saying like it just wasn't quite clicking for me, and so I kind of let it go after that. But then, yeah, t- Tales from the Borderlands, I think is. Sadly, now that Telltale is gone, yeah. I, I, I actually believe that Tales from the Borderlands is overall that company's finest work. You well. know, I, I think The Walking Dead season one is its most memorable and we're impactful. talking about Telltale. Telltale. Yes. Okay, yeah. I, no game has ever personally affected me mm-hmm. more emotionally than walk the Walking Dead season one. That 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 I've yeah I've I've, mm-hmm. I've it really hit me. That was just a, such a well done, beautiful mm-hmm. game. Uh, but yeah, I think start to finish, Tales from the Borderlands is. It was a good story. It was well written. It was well acted. It was funny. the The narrative structure was good. Um, everything about it, I thought, was just fantastic. And Reese is in there. We know we, we've we mm-hmm. spotted Reese in from Tales from the Borderlands, and and there along with Tiny Tina and mm-hmm. a lot of familiar faces in in the uh, Borderlands Three unveiling. And in fact, uh, this episode will be unfortunately a little stale pretty quickly because uh <laughs> there's more coming tomorrow oh really uh, yeah they had said tune in
2: april, <laughs> april 3rd.
3: 3rd you're right yeah do we know the names of the class archetypes yet no but i mean the brick was back and you know no, there, the, was, there was the mage the one that really caught my eye was mm-hmm. the one that can turn into a mech right is that mm-hmm. one and then there's Maybe. a turret on top of her her ultimate <laughs> and I just I thought that it, like, a second player can then control control that and I'm yeah. like brilliant that's what I want I yeah. want a lot of that I played Borderlands 1 and 2 um, quite a bit and it was always it was always a nice yeah like Diablo high I never really went Overboard with it because all the character files are stored locally, and you can just go into a text editor and
4: <laughs>
3: do whatever you want and uh, it's a little bit like open battlenet in that sense, and I can never really get invested in terms of like I'm going to sink hundreds of hours into this game because I can never really get past the rationalization point of going online and, and having somebody that just opened their their text editor and mm. made their character right I'd like you know we live in a we live in a, a modern age of looter shooters and uh, share world shooters. So I'd like a little bit of server architecture. At the very least, like, yeah. have some kind of authentication process that's always been a criticism of mine Borderlands. I'd like to see that solved in 2019. Will that happen? I don't know. And if, even if it doesn't, I'm, I'm sure it'll still be very fun.
0: And that's actually exactly where I wanted to go with, with this conversation is, you know, this is this is a game. This is a franchise now that, that has arguably had, at least for the time being, it's had its lunch eaten. Yes. By the looter shooter genre. Like it sort of kicked all that off with Borderlands One of like, oh, here's a first person shooter that you can play with friends that's just all about loot Mm -hmm. and thousands of millions of guns and uh but now Destiny is here. Two two destinies and two divisions and Anthem and uh and so many other games. And do you guys do do you two, Destin and Duggan, as as uh as looter shooter veterans and fans, want this to Total. be a looter yes. shooter yeah. versus Miranda and maybe myself, who are maybe more just sort of traditional first-person shooter fans. Do we do we want it to be a looter shooter or or sort of stick to kind of what it's what it's
3: done? I, I'm kind of curious to hear everybody's take on this. Uh, I I think Borderlands Three could potentially still be relevant because uh, it is a little bit more narrow in scope in the sense of you're only ever going to have four players. That's the same as Anthem, but Anthem has this kind of like weird. MMO-y feel to it that has, really it's got a lot of problems. So Anthem got loot problems.
1: wrong. Yeah, they got loot wrong. They got multiplayer wrong. So
3: they got like, multiplayer wrong. I mean, I mean big mm-hmm. time. they
1: they want to tell you a single player story, but also please play your, with your friends. Yeah, and like yeah. it works really well in free play. But if you're trying to play through the story, then it doesn't make anyway. That's a yeah. that whole other conversation. <laughs> <It's a laughs> think border, I think I think
2: Borderlands
3: speaking. will still have that same issue. I don't. Well,
1: I'm I'm curious.
3: So so where I was mm-hmm. going with this is that uh, Destiny, Division, Anthem when an item drops it's always uh, it's only always going to be so powerful so, mm-hmm. uh, and borderlands doesn't really give a crap like about balance about end game raid viability Oh, no if we give this person this loot is it going to mess up uh, how we tune this next fight i think borderlands plays it fast and loose with that stuff and mm-hmm. therefore you can get some really really crazy drops like a shotgun that shoots rockets and yeah and it's gun- really, guns fun. Are really dialed up to 11 and therefore i do think it has a niche uh, and i think it's a pretty big niche.
1: Yeah, and i think they've already done a good job of like even just showing that in their reveal trailer.
2: Gun with like, legs. The gun with legs. It's
4: <laughs> <is> actually <laughs>
1: yeah. really cute. It's like oh i want to pet it.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: but you know it's like that's great. Like that's great that they're really playing into that goofiness cuz i think with these looter shooters, like you want some sort of identity that's really exciting to live in, right? Mm-hmm. Because like if you're going to just keep being here and if i want something that's going to entice me to it. Like i'm i'm pretty casual when it comes to those. Like i will Pick one, and it's like if it, if it hooks me, then I'm there for like I love Destiny 2's raids, like I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I haven't touched that game in forever. Yeah, you know, it's like that's what I come for. Come for the event, and so it's like, what do they have to kind of draw people to this? world. And I think they already have like that foundation of Borderlands 1 and 2. People mm-hmm. are loving that. And I think them playing up in their setting and playing up with their their charm and like that very good goofiness is just the right thing to do. And I like how they're like, look at all these guns just dropping from the sky. Yeah. It's like a massive pile. And it's just, it's good. Like They're already setting that tone. And I think that at least from what I've seen so far, I'm interested in what they want to offer.
2: B- Borderlands is more like uh, maybe a little bit more like The Division whereas you can Play by yourself, and you don't necessarily need to go in with a teammate. But that experience is enhanced yeah, if you're yeah. able to play with friends. And there's the pre-sequel There's Borderlands. There's Borderlands Two. And I think Borderlands Two is really the the best example of what that game can do. It's five dollars right now on Steam. Yeah. They really, really found a sweet spot for everything. With, by the with way, with two,
3: not just not just the game, but all the DLC. Yeah, yeah, for everything. and one I, of those things. I was like, I'm not even going to play this, but.
2: I will buy it. Yeah, uh, and it was free on Xbox. So if you play on console, I have Borderlands One and Two just from times it's been available for free on Xbox Live for whatever reason.
0: Speaking of which, Destin, yeah. perfect Destin segue right there, <laughs> intentional or not. Uh, Borderlands One. Well, you mentioned you've got it from it being free. You want to pay for it again? No. Well, they are they're, they're giving you the option. But uh, what's what actually what I find interesting about this for real is. <laughs> Um, there's Borderlands Game of the Year edition that's also out tomorrow, April 3rd, as we record this. P- uh, PC, PS4, and of course Xbox One. But it's not just a 4K release. It's They've made some, uh, what they're calling, sort of quality of life enhancements. They've effectively gone back and, and massaged some of the, either things that have aged badly or were never good in the first place. So there is a Borderlands 2 style mini map that's been added to it. Been added to the games, the the original game's Compass, uh, inventory updates that allow players to lock and label weapons as junk, auto pickups of items off the ground, and uh, that final boss battle that that uh, people did not like by and large has been kind of tweaked, redesigned to be quote more engaging, challenging, and rewarding. Players will also be able to customize their Vault Hunters with new cosmetic heads. Now, Destin, Hooray. I know you've just pointed out to me that on PC, uh, that will be actually, that Game of the Year edition will be free if you, want it, if you yeah. own it on PC, which is cool. I don't know if they're going to be doing that on on the console side. I guess <laughs> probably not, because Borderlands 1 was never out on Xbox One, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, if you're going to put a game out again, effectively re-release it, it's kind of a cool way to do it i think yeah,
3: i totally agree <laughs> especially that last part not the hats the <laughs> more engaging challenging and rewarding boss fight because that was the worst part of that game yeah was the you know yeah that let's like, not disregard the hats yeah the <laughs> hats are important. that's I mean, that, very that would, important maybe you'll get some hats from the final boss fight now that would be like if if the remember the the bioshock
0: remaster trilogy that the, they put out the Bio, bioshock collection that would be like if they would have gone back and fixed that crappy boss god that would have been wonderful hey why uh,
4: not you're here
3: already right (laughs) just i would love for this to be the new gold standard of of quick and dirty i guess it's not really quick and dirty if you do this but uh remasters or reworks um and yeah i with that said i do think if you're going to play a borderlands game in 2019 i think borderlands 2 is the one for you to play (laughs) i think even one has pacing yeah, Everything is worse about one relative to two. It still tells a charming story, and it was still really cool for its time. But the loot, the characters, the world, it's all dulled down relative it's, to two. It's funny how
0: – feel free to please argue with me if you if you disagree. But it does seem to me in my many decades at this point of <laughs> playing games that game sequels often – are better than the originals, whereas movie <laughs> sequels are usually <laughs> worse than the originals. And maybe that's just because ga- games, the game technology, continues to evolve like all the time, whereas film technology, more or less, has been the same and
3: consistent I, for I a think, long time. So I it's think like, you can have a good sequel without <laughs> having a good story. And, yeah, uh, that's true. With the game, not yeah. with the film. Uh, case in point: Diablo Three. You know, like. That story is abysmal, but the game gets there. Right,
0: there. and and I actually, it's funny you even mentioned that, because I was thinking of Diablo 2 to Diablo 1 when you were talking about Borderlands uh, 2 versus 1. Oh, like, two, Diablo 1 was one of my favorite games ever at the time, but Diablo 2 <laughs> effectively eradicated any need yeah. or desire I ever had to play Diablo 1 again. That's how <laughs> That's how good, that's how legendary, that's... That's that. Diablo 2 is a top ten game of all time.
3: Oh, I agree in my book, and it's it it wipes Diablo One from existence. I even went existence. back to play Diablo One just because of the respect I have for yeah. that, that franchise, and it was a slog. It was the world was really cool, and the whole yes. Tristram and the cathedral underneath. Stay a while and listen, heroes. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. And, and Borderlands 2, I think, does that for Borderlands 1. But if you do want to have that full, hey, I want to play them all before the new one comes out, I guess this is a cool
2: yeah, opportunity. You got,
0: that, got that Game of the Year edition out there.
2: Mm-hmm. A small note on the uh, console release of the game. If you've played Borderlands 2 or the pre-sequel, you will actually get 75 free golden keys. Okay. Because the shift system is returning. And oh, they th- yeah. So the way the shift system works is basically if they tweet out a key and check out IGN's wiki, because we have a ton of these keys collected... Uh, you can actually just redeem them at any time and you just get a key. It's not like a limited amount. Right. So if nice. you redeem any of these codes, you'll get free loot. So when you hit that end game and you just want to get a bunch of cool stuff, you can just do that and maybe you'll get a better shotgun that shoots rockets, like Doug had mentioned earlier. Go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll be keeping, uh, we'll, I, we'll probably have more to say about Borderlands 3 next week.
2: Yeah. Comes out after... April 3rd, man. That's awesome. And it's really smart timing. Sorry to interrupt you, Ryan. No. It's really smart timing. I, after the. <laughs> terrible press conference which was a disaster trash fire i was still really (laughs) excited i was still really excited for borderlands 3 and to see the game because like seeing the trailers and everything got me hyped i went and downloaded borderlands 2 that night like i'm going to play through that game again once i'm caught up in division i i'm all in and to answer your earlier question like oh do you think borderlands 3 is going to have an audience absolutely i think people are Really, really hyped for this game because it really does fill a specific niche, like Doug and said.
1: I'm just excited for the cosplay. I love Borderlands cosplay. It's <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so <laughs> far, E3 can and usually changes this, but so far the fall is looking a little light. You know, yes. I feel like we, mm-hmm. we've talked about we were talking about this in the office that it kind of seems like we're in this. Lull now, where a lot of the big, Absol- the big yeah. guns have have the big guns have fired off their rounds, and now they're everybody's starting to move on to next gen. Mm-hmm. And this fall, it's like I mean, there's there's a uh, Jedi Fall in Order respawn. That pff, that's probably the big game of the fall as we sit here now. Gears five fired up, and then uh, the last thing I forgot to mention: you got Doom. Or- Borderland. Doom mm-hmm. is is probably. That's actually probably number one on my own personal, yeah, list. I can't wait uh, even though Jedi fall in order is probably a close second, but then uh speaking of of just comical unveiling and how uh maybe not so perfect it went for gearbox they they managed to leak their own release date September thirteenth because uh they tweeted it <laughs> and deleted it, and something about dark dark internets and dark webs, and there was this, I don't know, a tweet that wasn't supposed to go to be public-facing yet. And it Surprise,
2: everybody. Before the
0: scheduled
3: tweet. Uh, is yeah. this your card?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it says September 13th. Congratulations. So, uh, yeah, it looks like Borderlands will be going, uh, they'll be aiming for the earlier side of the fall. Um, but that should be good. I know, and then Control is August 27th. So that'll kind of kick things off. I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Remedy talked about that last week. So right now we're looking at. I mean, not that it's a bad fall at all. It's just a you, it's, quiet. It's a little little quieter. Right Control, Borderlands, um, Jedi Fallen Order, and that's kind of those are kind of the biggies. Inevitably, Call of Duty, but yeah, it's in it's Infinity Ward's turn. I have no mm. clue. Shooties. What they're going to be, what they're going to try, because I doubt it's going to be Infinite Warfare 2. Ghost 2.
1: No, no. <laughs>
0: <Whoa>! <laughs> what happened to
1: Riley, guys? How's he doing? <laughs>
2: I wonder how that pup's doing. Oh, man.
1: I made a bet that he was going to die. It's not half- I
2: think we all thought he was going to die.
1: <laughs> Anytime I see a dog in a game or a movie, it's like, hey, it's going to die. It's fine. I just accept it.
0: I got halfway through that campaign, and I... <laughs> To that, to when, that, when that game came out, yeah. I'd, pr- I'd played every single Call of Duty campaign. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and so it's just like, I got to finish this because you know, I've finished all of these. There was this <laughs> voice in my head that said, Why are you doing this? <laughs> and eventually I listened to that voice and said, You know what, self, you're 100% right. This game's a trash fire. Stop. There's nothing redeeming about this. Just stop. And I did, and, I, and I'm and i happy to have had those few hours back in my <laughs> life that I didn't give to Call of Duty Ghosts. That's a good call. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Uh, new things, though. Darkborn announced on IGN today. This is... Uh,
2: what up, Brandon? Shut up.
0: Yeah, Brandon Tyrell hooking this one up for us. Darkborn is an interesting game from uh, David Goldfarb and uh, his Swedish team a smaller team like 25 developers they are making a game that i think maybe i could describe it although it's unfortunate evolve has has a i think kind of unfair negative connotation, negative connotation to it but well i don't know if uh, it's
3: unfair but it does I, have a negative connotation
0: it does for sure let's agree on that <laughs> but you it's it's kind of it seems like a basically narrative campaign version of evolve where you are you're a monster and you start as little baby monster oh and humans uh, Boo. tear your family apart. Your little, your your happy, innocent monster family. Tear you get torn apart, and you spend the rest of the game uh, growing and evolving and becoming more powerful, and uh, taking out all the humans. I love it. Which, yep, yeah. Sign me up. There is a fifteen minute, fifteen minute pre-alpha gameplay video on IG, and I encourage you to go watch it. Check out our site or our YouTube. Uh, It sounds really interesting.
2: It looks really, really cool. First person. I like how it sort of twists the genre around, and you play the part of the monster, and they seem to be doing it really, really well, the way that you power up and get stronger as you go. Just check out the gameplay, and you'll basically be sold. That's all I needed.
1: Yeah. um, The people you're killing to aren't just innocent people it seems like too it's not Mm -hmm. like and it's also very brutal so I'm glad that they're positioning this as like this is a revenge story because it seems like maybe these zealots are coming after your family and like sacrificing Mm -hmm. the babies and the adults Mm -hmm. and like these very weird rituals Mm -hmm. um, and putting them in fighting pits and like really awful things Mm -hmm. so there is purpose to it which is good Um, I don't Really like the design of the monster that much. I think it would it's have been cool to see it something be a little bit more creative because it's very humanoid. Um, yeah, it has like arms and legs. It has a face. I would like to see like I don't know
2: longer arms,
1: more arms, more of a
0: face. <laughs> yeah, I don't arms.
1: know. I don't know. Just like something yeah. a little bit different.
0: So. Six arms yeah. so you could pick up six guys at once and rip them all in. <laughs> oh, that's
3: yeah, great,
1: yeah. I want to do that.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: counterpoint. <clears> throat> I, throat> I, uh, I like that it's kind of human. I think that I think that the line between. What we consider to be like us and unlike us, historically, is blurred and often misconstrued. And so anytime time this status quo of who is the good guy gets flipped on its head, I'm 100% on board. Uh,
1: yeah, I feel like we've just seen that now. story a lot. Like, well, it's
3: still relevant. Like, I mean, it, it, we're, always we're still,
1: it always is. But I we're still like packing baby cows s- into
3: little I tiny want- boxes, p- p- like pumping them full of uh, medicine and then I want- slaughtering
1: I want a them. spider monster, though.
3: <laughs> sure. But Rob spiders are snake. creepy. You have a hunt, it's, hunt it's showdown <laughs> for that. It's difficult I to. It's, oh, I think true. it's <laughs> difficult <laughs> to empathize with something that is not anthropomorphized. Right.
1: Well, I think that's also important <clears throat> too. Is like you should be able to empathize with something that doesn't look like you. And I think that's an also important sure. story to tell. I sure.
3: totally agree with that. That's also very cool. See,
1: so yeah, that's just my my one complaint from the reveal is like, oh man, I wish it was like a, a creepier monster or something. Sure. Well
2: it sure as hell creeps me out, and I still want to play it. No. Like <laughs> I, I just want to see what his experience is like as a monster and like what story they're trying to tell there to see if maybe he's not as innocent or his family isn't as innocent, maybe yeah. as we think. knows? So, so um, I, going on that journey would be cool.
1: I did like that um one of it looked kind of like maybe a mini boss or actual boss fight. Um, when the baby monster has grown up just a little bit and he enters this ring with this, um, you could almost call him like a hero because he's like in this fighting pit with this monster. So definitely not a hero because he's flying <laughs> in the pit. It's
3: rude. Like a matador. Um,
1: Yeah. And he had these stats on me. It's like, this is bite proof and it has this and this. And it's kind of cool to give you like those hmm. objectives of like, hey, this enemy has these things. How are we going to figure out this puzzle yeah. to defeat him? And so it's like, I did like that. There's an aspect of that as well.
2: That's cool.
0: Yeah, so they've been working on this for three years, according to Brandon Tyrell's unveiling article with the interview with Mr. Goldfarb, and uh, there's no release date yet, so this, this is me completely speculating. I, I genuinely don't know. Uh, I would suspect this is a next-gen title, but not us not say it won't also come out for Xbox One, but uh, mm-hmm. if there's sort of no date on it, and we're sitting here in April of 2019, mm-hmm. then uh, that would lead me to reasonably su- suspect that this is a 2020, uh, you know, maybe l- later or 2021. But in any case, yeah, we'll be keeping it, keeping our eyes on this because it's definitely, it's it's different. At the very least, it's something different. And uh, yeah, hopefully it will be something different in a good way.
1: Yeah, it looks interesting for sure.
0: Next this week, Ubisoft... Locking in E3. Thank you, Destin. Yes, that is the correct answer to to anything with regard to that company. Uh, They have locked in for E3. We've been talking the last two or three shows about E3 because the publishers are all starting to either confirm that they will or won't be at E3 or will or won't be giving a press conference. Uh, Ubisoft is in for both. In for E3, in for the press conference. Nice. It's going to be on Monday, June 10th at 1 p.m. Pacific. That is pretty much their usual time, I believe. Maybe they were used to be two o'clock. I don't know, but they're one o'clock Pacific, four p.m. Eastern. But what I what I thought was interesting to discuss here with you guys is that uh, I genuinely don't know what they're going to show.
1: Just dance.
0: Besides <laughs> that, yeah,
2: they will show just dance. Good call. Yeah,
1: I actually kind of liked how they've been showing them the past few years. like They're very quick about it. They're like, we're dancing, yeah. and we're off the stage. And we're done, yeah. <laughs> Just so you remember. It's
2: well choreographed.
1: Yeah, they're fun.
2: Last year they had a bear. That's true. <laughs> that happened.
0: That was a thing that happened. Um, that but,
1: aside. But
0: yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to show here because there's no Assassin's Creed this year, and I can't imagine they'll show off next year's Assassin's Creed at this year's E3 because next year's Assassin's Creed has got to be a a next gen launch title. There's no again, it'll there'll probably be an Xbox One and PS4 version of next year's Assassin's Creed game, but I would I would bet uh one like one to four odds I will buy all of you lunch at In N Out wow. if if that if there is not a day one Assassin's Creed game
2: maybe or, they'll, for Scarlet. Maybe they'll finally go to Japan.
0: That would be cool.
2: I would le- really like to see feudal Japan. That would be
0: very cool. I wish mm-hmm. Brandon were here to talk about where he wants to see the franchise go. Because for him, Odyssey is his favorite Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. And it's, it's gone into a more of an RPG direction. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so it's, it's
1: actually got me more on board with Assassin's Creed. I'm oh. with it you.
3: Too. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about that uh, narrative dissonance in in The Division with what mm-hmm. you're doing mechanically versus what you're fighting. And I think Assassin's Creed finally got there. We're like, yeah, we'll just have a mythical beast.
2: They do whatever they want. Good. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel Far like they also, should do more of that. Yeah, Far Cry yeah. also kind of went off the deep end, but... Tom Clancy games, reality through and through. Yes.
0: Well, and that's so let's talk about that stuff because yeah. so so what is Ubisoft going to show oh, this
3: year's division year. content likely. Okay. Yeah. But that would be an easy that, one. I think Skull and Bones has to it was very, very playable last year. I played it. You were on a boat. I didn't love it. I was on a boat. And <laughs> it, it felt like it needed a year. Well, well uh, maybe it just felt like it needed a, a direction. And they, they
0: seem, they're, they're taking the time to do that. Yeah. Whether or not, you know, how the game turns out remains to be seen. But, you know, that was, remember when Sea of Thieves versus Skull and Bones was the thing? Yeah. Because uh-huh. they both showed at the same E3. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Sea of Thieves has now been out over a year and has, has you know, put some meat on its bones. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Skull and Bones has been delayed to a pretty kind of indefinite window of, I think the the if I remember right, the exact phrasing they said was, "at least 2019." I think it was the the, the term "at least" there's was some, put in there.
2: There's another pirate game out there too, where you sail around on ships, Doug, and it's a PC title. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, that that terrible one that a lot of people that thought was, was good. it's it's
3: abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe they just want to get, get even out of the way of, of that. <laughs> Maybe not even worthy did. of bringing up. I can't remember the name yeah. of it, though. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Hopefully. It's not on Xbox, so.
3: No. Uh. no yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> but
0: yeah, I mean, uh, so you're right. Skull and Bones is probably a a, a good candidate to, it, that, to have an E3 check-in
3: with. Yeah, that, that archetype of game, World of Tanks-esque kind of uh launching it. The first time I played it, it was very similar to World of Tanks, and then playing it again, it was a little bit more open world, and there was like kind of a dynamic system where it, it populates your instance with other players that you can either choose to fight or uh, befriend, but then also betray in in classic pirate uh, fashion. But it still felt devoid of a direction, and it felt like an experience that I would get bored of in a couple of hours. So I, I'm glad they're taking their time. Yeah. With that said, the combat's great. like the uh, The ship-based combat, you have the the ramming ship you have the the long range ship you have the broadside ship archetype and I think they can really go off the the deep end with those and present some meaningful progression I just off uh, the plank off the plank
0: yeah there you go yep. Um. so you look at Destin you look at the Clancy stuff Rainbow Six Siege highly doubt we're going to see a Rainbow Six Siege 2 at E3 because huh. Rainbow Six Siege yeah. is in year 4 it's more successful than ever we don't mess they're uh, probably not going to mess with it yeah, yeah. exactly so uh, then you have, uh, of course, Splinter Cell, as you kindly mentioned, which always warms my heart every time. I just want to hear that goggle sound. It'll be they'll open with that goggle <laughs> sound, and then the,
2: they'll uh, do the reveal.
0: They, they have <laughs> reached the point where, uh, number one, if and when Splinter Cell ever comes back, the reveal has to start that way. Yeah, it has to start with that sound. They because, need Michael Ironside, right? They need 100%, the voice actor. Hundred yeah. percent. And if they start the the one day theoretical splinter cell reveal <laughs> with that sound the room will erupt Yep, that it will just be a just s- an absolute raucous <laughs> uh set of applause um but yeah i mean i don't it, now i feel i see i feel like last year was if splinter cell was going to happen anytime soon it was going to be last year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now i feel like it's it's too late, and it would need to be an—I'd I'd actually want it to be a next-gen title at the. Oh, point. okay, yeah. So, which would mean you wouldn't see it at this year's E3 if it even was in development.
2: I think they show it this year. Well, I mean, it was it was leaked in the Walmart thing, and every other game not, that was on that list has been everything. revealed. A lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but not everything. Like, two things weren't. Right. Splinter Cell and something else, I don't remember. <laughs> but I know Splinter Cell was one of them, and I, I but, oh, but watched— the, A new Watch Dogs, I think, was one of the others. But
0: that Mm -hmm. Walmart leak, too, was still, like,
2: that was sort of the, well, duh, those
0: games are all, (laughs) it was just sort of, well, of course, it's like the inevitable, every year there are the E3 leaks, where it's people just write, you know, they just put out fake stuff on the internet. Well, of course, some of it's going to be right.
2: So, probably something new that we haven't seen before from Ubisoft, for sure. I do actually think we'll see Splinter Cell, Beyond Good and Evil 2, they'll announced something going on with that game. They're, they got to be pretty close that, to shipping. That's that. a,
0: that's a good one yeah. to
2: bring up because yeah, I think
0: you know th- that was a big fan appreciation moment. Mm-hmm. Everybody was happy to see that. That was two e threes ago. Now. Yeah. So you're right. I think we might be due for a, a check in there from Michelle Ansel
3: and the team. Um, I wanted to debate you on the Rainbow Six Siege two thing, but pulling up the average concurrent players on Steam. You're right. It's just there's it's it's, it's, it's got, got, got it's got, it's got traction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's about 73 thousand average concurrent players i assume that's daily uh and that has dropped just the tiniest bit but not enough i think to compare it to like when it first launched it's been uh, astronomical. Well, I, they I keep
2: they keep supporting it, and it's like one of the top 10 sales games every they, month, almost.
1: They just put out that really cool um, April Fool's Day. <laughs> oh, up, that like was they, so good. Where it's like everything's all pink, and I think it's like rainbow...
3: Unicorns? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, the, it's yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. rainbow rainbow. Six. Yeah it's, like <laughs> rainbow.
1: A, yeah, it's it's super cute, and like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like it a lot. It's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think it's really cool that they're still playing that community, mm-hmm. and they're still like, making sure that, that group feels supported. And, and,
0: and I think what'll managed. happen with, with Rainbow Six is... I don't know if it'll be on launch day, but I think there will be a Scarlet version mm. of Rainbow Six Siege that just, you know, probably you'll either get it for free if you already own it or or a very minimal increase uh, price, you know, that that they'll, bet, you know, new, higher resolution, higher textures. It's already a 60 frame per second game, but, you know, just sort of a port up to next gen and all this, with all the same, co- like they'll probably sell like a, It'll just be like a deluxe Game of the yeah. Year mm-hmm. edition.
3: I do think it's worth bringing up the perspective that while those numbers are super high for a, a game-as-a-service Ubisoft game, they're still a fraction of things like Dota, League mm-hmm. of Legends, Counter-Strike Global Offensive.
0: That's fair, so
3: but those if, games are also, I mean, those are But Ubisoft is been establishing this cadence of we are one of these developers, and they are. They're one of those developers who can support a project post-launch for a very long time, even if it has a rough launch a la For Honor. For Honor, yeah. So I think... I do think like if I was in a Ubisoft board meeting and, and they're you know, what is what can get us there? I would say Rainbow Six Siege two is that title. They've said historically they're not going to do that and I respect that, and maybe that's part of the reason why they're becoming such a good game as a service developer. Um, but still worthy of consideration, I think.
0: You're totally right. I mean and and maybe you're right in the the next gen does offer the a good opportunity to make yeah. that leap where you can maybe you can Enhance the engine, maybe go even crazier with the physics and the destructibility. And you can always do something for those millions of concurrent players and the player base. You can just say, hey, if you're an existing Siege player, you can get the next, you can
3: get Rainbow Six Siege 2 for. 20 bucks yep and they've made some mistakes design wise that they have had trouble undoing there are a couple of operators that came out during that like zombie thing that they have gone back and said you know what we wish we didn't implement these because it fundamentally changed the way people play this game so much so i think they they kind of hit their design ceiling bounce back off of it and now they have a really good sense of uh what it is scope wise yeah like where they can go creatively yeah so a, a second one i would play the crap out of it but I love the first game, and I know it already has a great community. So,
0: And here's a game. I'm going to mention a couple more names. Uh, sticking with Clancy, Destin. What's going on with Ghost Recon? Like, mm. I feel like it's been a while now. Yeah. You know, it, they, they did, I guess, last year was the Michael lights. Ironside stuff.
2: Yeah, so the the expansion, there was a Splinter Cell expansion sort of teasing of course, splinter cell without actually giving us a splinter which cell, was, which was very difficult. it was yeah. that was
0: that was hard. Punch Man, in the gut. I played that yeah. and it took that was yeah. not easy. Which, I, which
2: played is fine. it too.
3: Yeah, it was a grind. Dude. <laughs> well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't particularly yeah. enjoy Wildlands, but I like what it tries to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know, is Ghost Recon due for,
0: for a, a a new version? And then um, the other one that I'm I know I'm gonna I'm gonna see some smiles in this room in two seconds. Prince of Persia. Right.
2: That's
4: mm-hmm.
0: shouldn't. I think Prince of Persia's. It's time for that game to come back. Time for
3: that franchise to come back.
2: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. No. I think. Is, I think has, there was. Has
3: Assassin's Creed functionally got to the same place? Of, that's. Of, f- that's what I was. No. Pseudo- and I, I would argue pathology. no,
0: because Prince of Persia was was all about was really more about the platforming, mm. about the mechanics. Yeah, yeah, than, Assassin's I, Creed
3: is kind of straight away and, from that,
0: and, and less about the combat, uh, or and certainly. Prince of Persia wasn't—I mean, Sands of Time wasn't really an open-world game. It was kind of a a linear adventure, but it was just so well done with a good story that, yeah, I'd love to see a a new take on that.
3: I I think that when the scale is reined into a a smaller, more finite place, you have an easier time evoking that amazing sense of level design and stuff like that. And Assassin's Creed has kind of gotten away from that because it is this big— Right, large open world RPG.
0: Yeah, well, and, and, of... and that's sorry, real quick. That's uh-huh. exactly you're you're making my point for me too. Yeah, yeah. Assassins has has actually pivoted further away from what from Prince of Persia. Yeah, uh, and it is it is more of an RPG now. So I think there there is room has been opened up in the port in the portfolio for Ubisoft for Prince of Persia to come back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I was going to say that uh, Ubisoft has definitely focused more on big open world games. Since like it'd be kind of cool to see them scale back a little bit and just do something a little bit more linear and focused. But.
2: I agree. So, I agree. we've talked a lot of, a lot about old stuff. I just to reiterate my point about their new IP potential here. For mm-hmm. Honor was a new IP when it launched, you know, Prince of Persia was it existed, but they sort of resurfaced it. I think we're going to see some new stuff from Ubisoft this That's year. That's what I'm thinking too. For like for like way way down the line. Of course, we'll see we'll see something for Division, you know, the new raid or they'll do some sort of little feature ad about what's coming to the that game now it's a yep. big success on a platform. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to lean into that, and I think that maybe
3: Massive's avatar will be kind of the culminating factor where you ditch reality and kind of take what you've learned and apply it to a space that can really live for a long time. But Mm -hmm. they're they're definitely finding some success, you know, striking at the the gold vein that is shared world shooters and and, and MMO-esque games.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, one way or the other, at least— well, it's nice that we don't we we really have very little idea what Ubisoft will do at E3, mm. and that'll make for a more fun press conference for yep. sure. All right, uh, let's and then there's just one one last thing here because <laughs> we're running long. But uh, following up on our recent Bethesda E3 conversation, literally hours after the show recording, <laughs> they have since yeah, Pete Hines uh, has since confirmed that they will not be talking about Elder Scrolls Six, which we thought. And they will not be talking about Starfield, which we thought they would. So no, no, uh, Todd Howard. Basically, not mm. not t- neither of Todd Howard's uh, direct children will be <laughs> video game children. Will be
2: we're doomed.
0: The... <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, they, they sent out the um, they sent out the QuakeCon invite today. Yeah, I got it, and it's and it says the year you know year of Doom. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be all about Doom Eternal. Great, and I'm fine with that. Me too. Mm-hmm. Doom 2016 is so good. It is. We were just, um, Miranda, we were just revamping. We had our first meeting about uh, refreshing our top 25 best uh-huh. Xbox One game yes. features. We, we we renew that twice a year to mm-hmm. account for new games coming out, and some awesome new games have come out since we last did it. But we, <laughs> we were talking about Doom 2016, and it's like, that game is... Actually it's coming up on three years old, because it came out in May, as I recall. Yeah. So it's just shy of three years old. Yeah. And I would argue it's still well, if not the best, it's it's one of the two or three best first person shooters of this generation. Mm-hmm. do you yeah, with me
3: on that? I I, I, I would agree with that. Certainly, Titanfall two, high on that list. Titanfall two is high on that list. I think Doom I would actually I can't wait for Doom Eternal because I do think Doom had in spots little bit of repetition more yeah, than i would like fair. because it was so refined and well done and uh like, watching he, the no clip documentary just like getting on board with the hey you're either a metal fan or go away <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and i love that it just it like doom guy is my new favorite mechanism to tell <laughs> stories in games because you just know what's going to happen when he interacts with literally anything he's going to punch it it's your uh, spirit animal yeah, yeah i love it it's wonderful <laughs>
0: All right. Uh let's move on to the loot box. It's a question from Thomas Hall. His gamer tag is Zane Chaos. Sounds like a supervillain name. I like that. He asks what game storyline has stayed with you the longest. Oof. He points out for him it's Life is Strange, which he gave uh what I presume is a pretty big spoiler in his email that I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to pass on mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. fear of passing on that spoiler, but um yeah he life is strange is really stuck with him Miranda can I go your way first
1: yeah so this is a hard one because there's definitely things that have stayed with me I think there's weirdly like fundamental games that have changed how or games that fundamentally ch- change how I think about video games and playing them and hmm. stories um and when I was young Ocarina of Time was definitely one of those for me it was the first time I felt like guilt while playing a game um when you know, like Link messes up and like you have to go save everyone from Ganon and everything goes like to shit. Essentially, um, <laughs> like I felt so bad. I mean, it's not my fault; it's part of the story. But like that was the first time I had felt that, so that was a really big thing for me. Way to go, Miranda! I know it's like wow, How can I do this. Um, but I think um, the one that's impacted me most is probably Undertale, which is weird because it's it's definitely newer. Um, but that's the one I definitely. Feel the most of the games that I've played.
3: Yeah, I think. James, uh, it's got to be Warcraft Three for me. Really? Oh yeah. Mm. I think uh, there's so many narrative threads and strands that are spun up during that game. Arthas, uh, his journey with Frostmore, and his journey with uh, the plight of the undead, um, thrall. So many interesting s- stories that are that are indicative of Blizzard's absolute best, um, mm. and I think some of the best. Story meets gameplay moments in all the video games. Now, unfortunately, all of those threads are overexamined to death in World of Warcraft and beyond. And that, uh, you, where where Blizzard at some point, I think, had an era of nuance and mystique uh, and subtlety in the way that it, it told stories, where it didn't have to over or, overexamine or explain. Diablo is a great example. When you Diablo 2 starts out, you have no idea what what the heck is going on. Yeah, and you figure it out as you go, and it's terrifying, and it 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 is. Um, destitute as a result diablo 3 in the intro they tell you in the beginning there was angels and demons and they fought in the eternal conflict and it shines a spotlight through the whole game and therefore there's no sense of of exploration and you're not really afraid of anything uh so i think that was the sweet spot for blizzard was was warcraft 3 with uh its characters its fantasy as
2: well as its nuance I like that, Destin? God of War two? No, yeah. I'm just kidding, <laughs>
4: okay.
2: I thought, you know, <laughs> great. that's not really. <laughs> wow. I would actually say uh, Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, and The Last Guardian mm. for its passive storytelling and what you sort of discover as you play through each of those games. His relationship with the, the I think, I believe she's a princess in Ico who he's trying to protect throughout the entirety of the game and just how that all unfolds in Shadow of the Colossus. He's selfishly trying to resurrect his girlfriend at or wife or whatever, and um,
1: significant other.
2: Yeah, significant other, and to see what lengths he goes, through, he basically destroys everything to bring that Genocide one man. person. Yeah. And then uh, the last guardian is about your relationship with this monster, bird sort dog. of bird dog. Bird dog, Goodbye. and and then how all that ends up unfolding. But secondarily. Fumita Ueda and his drive and vision for creation of games like that, he will actually just go into this creative cycle where he'll concept out everything in uh, 3S Max and then show his design goals with very rudimentary uh, physics sort of attached to the objects. He's like, this is what I want it to be like when you're scaling scaling, a character and so story-wise, those stick with me, and I think about them often, the games. And I also think about his drive and uh, his vision as a creator and being able to convey that outwardly and retain it throughout the design process to launch something, even if it's flawed in the way that The Last Guardian was. Yeah, He, he left Sony, but he stayed on as an advisor to make sure that the game – Met at least a specific bar for his vision, and I actually really appreciate *The Last Guardian* for that. Awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, it's tough for me to pick one. I mean, uh, I've been thinking just as you guys have been talking, and, um, <laughs>
3: and *Halo*.
0: I, *Halo*
2: hasn't story though. <laughs> but as far as sto- storylines oh, like sticking story with me,
0: no. I mean, I for me, I love. I mean, I've always loved *Halo*, and <coughs> I do appreciate the universe, but. It's not quite on that list for me, as far as the storyline that's just resonated with me for years after the fact. I, um, I actually go to a couple of my old favorite LucasArts adventure games, mm. um, Full Throttle, number one. If you've never played it, it's sadly still not out on Xbox, but it did get a remaster. Uh, you can play it on PC, or um, I think it, I think there was a PlayStation release, too, because Sony helped kind of hook all that up for Tim, Tim Tim Schafer. Um but Full Throttle is just this hilarious, just bizarre, dystopian biker, heavy metal biker adventure uh that, that alternates between sort of good drama and just absurd humor. Uh and on the same vein, all like the first three Monkey Island games are all that way, where it's those games were just sort of this bizarre escapism where you're you're going into this goofy Caribbean sort of paradise, but you're and you're just this bumbling teenager trying to become a pirate, and those storylines are with me. But I guess I I would probably actually have to go with the game I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Walking Dead season one Mm -hmm. for Telltale. Like that, I still think about that game and that story from time to time. Whenever, whenever anybody mentions, oh, you know, this the emotional impact of this game or that game, and for me, it's like I always come back to that of. I have said this story before, but when I when I finished the last episode and what and what happens, uh, it was eleven thirty at night, and I think we had gotten it before. You know, we got it in for review. I didn't review it, yeah. but I think the o- Mitch Dyer was uh, had also finished it, mm-hmm. and I was just like, and I sat there and went, "It's eleven thirty at night. <laughs> it's way too late." But I have to talk to someone about this. <laughs> so I called Mitch, <laughs> and thankfully he was still awake. And we just, yeah, we just like, sort of talked about it for, As I, I was sitting there with my, my jaw hung open, mm-hmm. I, alo- quiet. I mean, there was nobody to talk to in the room, but, and it was just, just silence as the, as the credits rolled. And it was just like, man, that, that game and that story were, were something else. So, mm-hmm. Thomas Hall, great question. Good question. Mm. If uh, for the loot box, if you want a friend, thomas on on xbox live his gamer tag again is zane chaos and we'll uh come right back in two shakes of a lamb's tail with uh the unlock block trivia I am only hearing that in one ear so that <laughs> I wonder if that's gonna come through it's I, all mixed up. yeah I can, that's fun. true I can stereoify it uh, before mm-hmm. it hits our listeners ears anyway Joe Haygood from Riverside California his gamer tag is MickLazy I like that I like that too yeah that's that's good uh, this is a good one from Joe he asks Henry Rollins over the years has had a long spanning career including successful since as of course a musician an actor uh, TV shows, and yes, even a starring role in a video game. So, do you know which one of these games from the original Xbox that Henry Rollins voiced the lead character of? I want to preface this by saying, I didn't know this one. I, I was think I might. I was around in the OG Xbox days covering Xbox, and I don't remember this one. So, a great question from Joe. Henry Rollins, did he voice the lead character in Big Mother Truckers? Which, was yes, was a real game. Driver. That's Driver 3, D-R-I-V-3-R, which was uh, very much lampooned at the time for its title. Soldier of Fortune 2 Double Helix or Mace Griffin Bounty Hunter?
1: I didn't know who Henry Henry Rollins was.
2: That's so I was fair. Like, yeah.
1: I need to look this man up. And it's like, <laughs> I have no
2: idea. That's funny. You know, hey. He has a song called Liar that was on MTV for many years. I'm going to look that yeah. up after the show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can I guess? Go ahead. I have, I have no idea. Yeah, go for it. Um, B.
3: Driver.
0: <laughs> Driver three. <laughs> sure. uh, well. James Duggan.
3: Uh, also also unfamiliar, but I'm just gonna go with Soldier of Fortune two. Double Helix. Destin, you think you know it? I you- think it's B. You think it's Driver Three? Mm. I
0: feel the music, bringing me luck. The new
2: loot <laughs> the, the new
0: or, old. The new old yeah. music.
2: Yeah, new old music.
0: Uh, unfortunately, no points this week. It was Mace Griffin bounty. Dang it! That's mm. what I was gonna
1: guess. I was like, no Sorry. way. That's too. That's too edgy.
0: <laughs> good job, Joe. Uh, yeah, Soldier of Fortune Two, Double Helix Man. Uh, that was Raven Software. Back when Activision actually allowed them to make their own video games and not just be a Call of Duty support studio, mm-hmm. Soldier Fortune One was super controversial in its day. I'm dating myself, but
2: that's all right. I thought Mace Griffin was made up. <laughs> Me too. No, that's,
1: that's why was it. like, "There's no yeah. way."
0: Soldier Fortune was a was a ultra violent first person shooter. Its whole thing. Uh, back when back when the technology <laughs> didn't allow wow. for this. Showing the... Was well, uh, the box art, the box yeah, art. for Mace wow. Griffin. It's, uh... But you could, you could shoot off <laughs> individual limbs and body parts oh, okay. of guys mm-hmm. in Soldier of Fortune. The Mortal they, Kombat of Shooter. Yeah, they, they took that to the next level in Soldier of Fortune 2.
2: Uh, and then... How did they take it to the next level?
0: Just, you know... You fingers, shoot off more think, parts? Yeah, I think so. I think that's
2: literally... Because... Fingers. Again,
0: you have to remember back, like, in the earlier first-person shooter days, even, you know, the early 3D days... You you couldn't like, there were your the models were just yeah, yeah
3: a model like you couldn't you could jib people but that was
0: that's it yeah you um, could explode them into a, a ball of goo but that's that was about it so Soldier of Fortune was one of the first ones to let you shoot off arms and legs and you know guys would be limping around and, ah, and then all <laughs> over and it was very grisly at the time Boy. so excellent job Joe if uh, if any of you out there want to send in a loot box question and or an unlock block trivia question. You can do so by emailing unlocked at IGN.com. In the case of the trivia, I'll need four multiple choice answers and do note the correct answer in your email. It's time for us to go. We're uh, over the hour mark, so that's about that's about all uh, all we've got time for this week. We got Beyond coming in here next to record oh, yeah. their show. They were yelling at us last week because we <laughs> ran way over, so we're trying to be a little more respectful <laughs> to our coworkers this week. But uh, James Duggan,
3: yeah. Where can we find you on Twitter, on wherever? What have you been up to? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Thug and T-H-U-G-G-N, D-U-G-G-N, and you can check out the Division 2 and Anthem reviews, which are both posted yes. now. Um, I think even if you've... I like to check out other people's reviews after I've posted mine. Oh, yeah,
0: after the fact, just sure. Just
3: because uh, I like other people's ideas. Yeah, and see so, what other people right, thought of something. Even if you played the games, give them a, a watch, see if you agree or disagree with any, and I'm always willing to have a uh, a
2: a nice debate. Love it. Destin. Yeah. Check me out over at twitch.tv slash the destin channel. Stream there on Tuesdays. I'll be grinding out division actually, getting ready for your for world tier five. Lingonot's gonna throw me world a bunch of garbage. R. And then all the, all that all that'll be thrown away, I'm sure, shortly thereafter. Uh, really excited to be playing some Borderlands two again soon. And I have a major feature that I've been working on for a long time that's going to come out soon. But every destined video on IGN, yeah, ranked in w- in one <laughs> in one big compilation. But <laughs> yeah, I've been really trying to get it done, and uh, it's almost wrapped. So I'm Love it. Mm. Miranda.
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Havoc Grows, and that's Havoc with a K. Um, right now I'm actually working on a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, so it's not a lot to show for but if you guys do see any games that are announced or confirmed to be at E3, or if you guys know some games, or if you're maybe working on a game that will be at E3, um, hit me up, because I am also managing our E3 games list, and Ooh. so we keep track of everything that's been confirmed or has substantial rumors to be at E3. So
0: Fantastic. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I actually just thought of one other thing I did this week for uh, for our features editor, Lucy. Speaking of Doom, that, that oh, yeah. uh, Doug and I are both super looking forward to. So uh, Lucy, our features editor, said, hey, uh, we should do, a with Rage 2 coming out soonish, we should do a top 10 weapons fr- that id Software has ever done. And I was like, oh, I'm Brilliant. your guy for that. <laughs> I'm your guy for that. I've, I've played them all. Uh, so, yeah, I put together... You can probably guess what number 1 is, but you know, see what see if, see if you agree with the rest of the list. But yeah, it's made so many good shooters over the years and and those shooters have had a lot of really cool weapons in them. I did over the capture time. for it. Man, yes, thank
2: it was you. it was so fun to go back and play those old games. Uh, the original Quake only used keyboard controls, so I'm using oh. the D-pad to aim. So great. And it was such a trip. And you Pickle got Fred Reznor playing, right? Oh, Nine inch nails. Would've, 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 yeah, I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool to go back to <laughs> and like experience again.
0: Quake was, it was a, fun. It was a, it was a a revelation in its day for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, all right, and then yeah, unfiltered next week. It'll be a good one, I think. Let's keep an eye out for, or ear out for that one. And we're done. That was Unlock 388. Thanks for tuning in as always, and we'll see you all next week.